Hello, this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. Uh, thank you for taking just a few moments to listen in again today. Uh, last week, we began uh, starting to dive into a little bit on uh, going maybe a little bit deeper into talking about uh, what a fractional CFO can provide for you. Last week, we talked a little bit about uh, um, what's needed in different phases of the business. And on, on this particular week, uh, I jotted down actually 15. I'm not going to get through these 15. I'll probably maybe get through a few of them today and then uh, maybe the, the next part of the list next week. Uh, but identified areas as I began to uh, work with clients that uh, they really um, uh, sometimes end up dropping the ball on, or maybe they just need some tweaks in, they need some help in to be able to take their business to the next level or get their business into that next phase. Uh, some of these are crucial to the point to where um, really the, the success or the, the failure of a business can, and can ride uh, upon how you make these decisions. Uh, as, as somebody uh, like myself, when we, go into a, when we go into a business, we're really trying to take a holistic view of things. And uh, we're, we're not focused uh, just on, on taxes. We're not just focused on trying to generate financial statements. Uh, some of these items that generally you, uh, you may hire uh, or deliverables that you may hire uh, generally an accountant for. Uh, but bringing uh, someone in who really can kind of uh, just dig in a little bit deeper. And uh, begin to look at uh, certain specific areas within your business uh, that uh, really can create some potential uh, issues or concerns in your business. And like I said, I'm going to kind of go through, uh, I don't know, maybe seven, eight, nine of these today, and then we'll, uh, we'll go through the second half of the list uh, next week. Uh, <clears throat> number one item is lack of controls. And, uh, and, and if you think about it, is if your business started uh, like mine, uh, you, you know, you ended up, you're kind of a solopreneur, right? You kind of go through this process of it's just you. Uh, you, you go through, you're, you're, you're doing your hustle, you're doing your grind, you're, you're doing your thing, and a customer pays you. Remember the excitement you had when you received that first check that somebody actually said, I think you're worth a little bit of money, and they actually paid your invoice. Uh, so you go through and you, you take that thing and you, and you begin to do it, do it over and over and over again. And you're kind of figuring things out as you go through the process. In time, you kind of figure out, you know what, I, I need to bring people on. Uh, I can no longer do, uh, do this myself. Uh, just this past week in, in my business, we brought on uh, another employee here and um, uh, kind of going through the process even right now. Uh, she's out there uh, and uh, been spending a lot of time training. My team's been uh, working training uh, with her and myself a little bit as well and kind of get to the point of realizing we need to bring on more employees. And uh, one thing that happened when we bring on more and more uh, team members is we begin to lose a little bit of the control of our business, as it should be. If we're going to elevate, we need to, uh, uh, we need to delegate some of those tasks. Um, but when we start to do that, uh, we have to make sure that there are still controls in place. Uh, I'm sure probably all of you that have listened to this podcast, you've heard a word that's kind of uh, used quite often in, in the world of accountancy, and that's uh, the, the, basically the concept of internal controls. Uh, what does that mean? It can be a kind of a vague term. Uh, and not going not gonna to dig in deep here, but really, uh, is there, is there pro- are there proper controls in your business to where uh, there is oversight going on? Uh, oversight uh, in, the, in the work that's being produced, oversight on the processes, oversight on the financials. A lot of times people think about uh, just you know, in- internal control on the financials. When, when it was just me, I'm the one paying all the bills, I'm writing all the checks. Well, well now there's, you know, there's other people involved in the, in the money of the business. And so there needs to be some oversight. Beyond that, uh, just that making sure that there's oversight on the, on the individual in the company, I really need to make sure that there's oversight on myself as well. 
Uh, and so uh, really, if we have good pr- proper internal controls within our company, making sure there's proper oversight on the, on the duties of each of the individuals uh, that, uh, that happen to work for us, uh, we'll, we'll find that it, it, will, it really will strengthen uh, the business internally. And it doesn't mean that we're operating with mistrust. I, I have worked for people who absolutely trusted none of their people. Uh, this kind of generally tend for for a for a business owner or a manager uh, to micromanage uh, to it, it can really create problems. Uh, what this means is is that there is uh, on occasion uh, there's uh, there's somebody looking through things, and uh, there's questions being asked. And a lot of this can really just simply happen uh, by just making sure that you're uh, you're you're having a regular dialogue with your with your people. Hey, what's going on? What you know? What are you? What are you doing? Making sure that you're you're you know, occasionally looking at your bank statements, making sure that you're picking up something before it goes out the door. You know, occasionally I'll go through and uh, one of our one of our people may go through and prepare some sort of a deliverable. Uh, sometimes and, and I'm, they're perfectly adequate at it. I, I may completely trust them, but on occasion, you know what? I'll, I'll pick it up and take a look at it. On occasion, uh, especially since here we we deal with a, a lot of our clients' money in regards with making tax payments and paying employees, and we have access to a lot of data. And uh, we'd make sure that we have uh, steps in place that we're looking over each other's shoulder uh, and uh, to making sure that we're, we're providing the service that we need to for our clients, not just that, but also to make sure that there are some controls going on in regard to how we handle uh, not just the, uh, the, the finance piece, but also when it comes to the deliverables. And I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit of a different angle here in just a moment. Secondly, second issue that we see uh, from time to time is a, a mismatched accounting platform uh, with the industry or with the deliverables that they're trying to produce. And uh, so many of our clients, we, we work with a lot of kind of small and mid-sized type businesses. So a great many, uh, great many of them use, may use QuickBooks Online. And uh, or they use you know that type of a platform, and uh, and, and it's the, the the platform to be honest with you is not all that good. Uh, the, I'll be quite frank with you from an accounting end, it, it flat out stinks. Um, there there's a lot of internal control issues within the software, and uh, you know and if you're from into it, I please please just do us all a favor and you know uh, fix some of these things. But um, actually, a couple of weeks ago, they completely dropped the ball, and every single. Uh, um, person in the country that used uh, QuickBooks for their payroll didn't get paid until later on in the day. They completely botched up the entire thing, and it was very, very frustrating. Uh, but on that point, thanks for letting me vent there for a moment, but uh, uh, sometimes people we'll walk in and they're, you know, they, they may be doing something. They may be providing, uh, they, uh, um, they may be manufacturing, for example, or uh, they actually have assembly lines. They need product control, that type of thing. And, uh, and QuickBooks just isn't really the greatest platform for that. They may need a, 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 um, a, a system in place. Uh, they may need a, a point of sale system in place. They may need inventory control systems in place uh, that will uh, that will sync with accounting software, for example, that uh, that will uh, kind of work together to be able to produce uh, the desired result, to be able not just to generate the financials, but also to get the owners and the the, uh, the decision makers the information that they need to be able to make decisions in their business. So uh, sometimes uh, people want to try to cut corners on on software, on hardware, uh, on uh, on on what they need to be able to to produce the information that they need. They'll say, well, you know what, once I have extra money, I'll do that. And, and, uh, but, but sometimes really we need to, to sit down and kind of uh, say, okay, what, what am I needing uh, from, my, uh, from my software? What am I needing uh, from that end? So uh, what is the deliverable that I need on my desk from my people and what do I need to get in place? What do I need to purchase? What do I need to put in place uh, to be able to get the information that I need? There's a lot of tools out there. Uh, we, you know, we use some of them here, 
Uh, we're currently on an engagement trying to uh, uh, really trying to help a, a business owner get themselves out of a, a little bit of a situation that they didn't create. And uh, so we're kind of really going through and just gathering a bunch of data. We have real cool tools to be able to produce some some helpful uh, some helpful deliverables. Um, but in your business, you may need to bring those, some of those things internally that your team can use uh, to be able to provide the information that you need. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, and I think maybe, maybe even of most importance to make sure that you can get your reports that you need uh, for your bankers, uh, to your accountant, to be able to do your returns, et cetera. I mean, those are kind of like baseline type issues. Uh, but uh, but uh, beyond that, making sure that you have the platform in place to be able to provide you with the reports that you need to make the decisions that you need to make in your business. Next. And, uh, and I think, uh, you know, we, we, there's a lot of people out there who say, well, this is one of the top reasons that a business fails. Uh, from my experience, uh, the, um, what I see uh, in, in businesses that, uh, small businesses that simply do not succeed is that the owners do not handle the equity properly in the business. So they will either go and either they'll, um, they'll put money into the business or the business will make money, uh, or they'll go through and they'll get an investor, they'll get a lender, they'll, you know, they'll go to Aunt Susie and Aunt Susie will dump you know, $25,000 into the business. And they get in there and, and they begin to try and to start managing their business by their checkbook. And they say, okay, well, you know what? I looked at my che- uh, checkbook today and I have uh, X uh, dollars in my bank account. This is how much I can spend today. Uh, and that what that ends up happening is the owners end up getting really, really loose with their cash. They get loose with uh, what they put into the business uh, from a cash end, or I think it may be even worse, and I think what causes even uh, people to be more loose is when they have other people's money in their business. I really think that sometimes the best thing a business can do is to uh, basically work off of their own capital uh, to figure it out, uh, to not go through and get a bunch of money. I was actually listening earlier to a, um, to a podcast, and they were talking about Uber. And of course, right now with uh, nobody wanting to work because the government's paying people to stay at home, uh, it's difficult for uh, for businesses out there to, to hire people. And an Uber, one of the issues that they had is they were basically uh, they were they were too liquid on the front end. They took too much equity money in on the front end, and it's created some complications for them. Uh, but I think for a small business, it, it creates a, it, can, it can harm our mindset. Thinking, oh, uh, you know what? It, it's you know, it, it, it's there, easy come, easy go. I needed to grow my business instead of being very purposeful on how they're going to be uh, going to spend it, how they're very purposeful on how they're going to return that equity, and uh, and they uh, they don't manage their business by bank balances, but they're very disciplined in how they go about making their decisions day by day and really showing respect uh, to the person that was willing to invest in them and uh, and make sure that they use that equity uh, wisely. Uh, let me go through one more, and then I'll uh, I'll end the podcast for today. Maybe we'll take this over uh, maybe three or four weeks. But next is uh, not securing intellectual property. One of the one of the basic things uh, when, you see, when we think intellectual property, now you're thinking you know copyrights or trademarks, and you have attorneys and you have all this other thing. Uh, let's take a step back here a little bit. When I talk about intellectual property, one thing that every business uh, should do, and it's one question that I usually ask a business owner if they have anything in their business that somebody could take with them and leave with is uh, do you have legal documents in place when your employees come in uh, and they work for you the the employee that works for us before I even um, attended an offer uh, as far as extending an offer to come work for us they're signing non-disclosure they're signing documents saying that you know what you're not taking my clients but beyond that anything that uh, that that is unique to us you can't take with you and uh, I promise you there's probably something in your business that's unique to your business, and, and there are some things in our business that are very unique to us uh, and allows for us to operate in our niche 
and, uh, and, it, and it's something that I'm you know, more than happy to try to help sh- to share with people. And I want that to be on my terms, and I don't want to give up uh, those things that I've worked really, really hard to learn uh, to be able to put together. I just don't want to have a, you know, an employee just kind of just leave with it or a vendor leave with it, whatever the case may be. Um, so make sure that you're very, very guarded and protected with whatever that uh, intellectual property that you have in your, in your business. Make sure that you hold on to it. And, uh, and yes, uh, you should go through, and if, if there is something in your business that, uh, that you need to have trademarked or there needs to be copyrights or patents, all those types of things that you kind of generally think of when you think of intellectual property, spend the money, get that, get that taken care of. Uh, so, you know, some, uh, uh, some competitor just can go out there and just pick things off of you. Uh, but, uh, but especially on the front end, make sure that with your, with your people that you're protecting the, uh, your intellectual property inside the business. Uh, making sure you're spending all the time necessary to develop uh, your people, uh, but to make sure that that information uh, stays in-house. Uh, that way you can continue to uh, bring the level of value that you can to your clients and, uh, and, and monetize on what you've learned and what you know as well. Hopefully this podcast brought you some value. My name is Josh Belk. This is the Belk on Business Podcast. I would encourage you, if you haven't already, please consider subscribing. Have a wonderful day.